Hi, I'm Tim Barron, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast, where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing. The podcast is a production of Good to Be Social. Today, I am very pleased to have Judy Selby on the podcast, where we talk about how to use LinkedIn effectively, especially if you're looking to further your career or maybe even go down a new career path. Judy shares valuable strategies and best practices based on her years of successfully using the platform. But first, a little bit about Judy. After 25 years of legal practice, Judy went from Amla 100 partner to principal of her own thriving consulting company. To make this move, she developed an action plan to successfully leverage her legal experience, rebrand, and build an international network and reputation. By consistently following this plan, Judy was able to seamlessly transition from big law to her exciting new career. I found this conversation super useful, and I think you will too. Welcome to the podcast, Judy. Thanks, Tim. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you. I've been meaning to have you on for a while. As a former big law partner, I've watched what you've been doing on LinkedIn, and you're sort of a LinkedIn ninja. You know, you got some skills over there. And I know that you transitioned into another career in legal. So before we talk about LinkedIn, I just want to hear a little bit about your unique journey from big law to what you're currently doing. Yeah, you're right. I was partner at AmLaw, I guess, 50 law firm, and I practiced law for 25 years. And I got to a point where I wanted to make a move, particularly in the area that I focus on, which is cyber insurance. And I wanted to kind of help people out on the front end, proactively help them with their coverage, become more of a consultant than a litigator after something terrible has gone wrong, because I saw companies really struggling in that space. So I embarked on a very purposeful rebranding effort, and I actually worked with your company, Good To Be Social, on that, and really, really put myself out there and generated a lot of content in relevant areas uh, and built my network. And it took about three years to do it, actually. And so it wasn't overnight, but it was very purposeful. One step always led to the next step, which led to the next step. And LinkedIn was a huge part of that transition. So I left the law firm and went to a big consulting company. And I guess I learned there for, I was there for a little over a year, learned kind of how to be a consultant, how it works, things of that nature. And then broke off from there and started my own consulting company last July. And it's been, it's really been terrific because I have a lot more control over my fees. I don't need to charge anywhere near what I was charging when I was part of big organizations. And I don't have the legal and business conflicts that can create issues for you when you're in a big institution, be it a law firm or a consulting company. Virtually no conflicts at this point. So it's been a very, fortunately, a smooth transition, but I think that's because there was about three years of planning that went into it. Well, you mentioned LinkedIn, and when we were talking a little bit before, we talked about building up your network, and almost every podcast or every thought leader that I listen to, every coach that I hear from talks about building up your network before you even launch something, before 
you build a consultancy, before you change careers. What can you tell us about your LinkedIn strategy that you use right now and how it's evolved over the years? You're right. It really is a key component of what I did to rebrand, but also what I do now on a daily basis. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful tool for me. And I can give you some good success stories later on, you know, that are directly attributable to to LinkedIn without any doubt. But you, you're right. You said something early on. You can't, you know, decide you want to rebrand or you want to look for a new job or something like that and then jump on LinkedIn five minutes before that or five minutes after that. And, you know, just start you know, connecting with people and then asking them to do you a favor. You know, that's a terrible approach. So I advocate taking a slower approach with LinkedIn and with any social media, but LinkedIn in particular. First, really focus on what your image is, what you're saying about yourself. So that means getting a good professional headshot photo in there. You can even put a background photo on your profile page. Get a good bio. You probably, if you're at a big law firm now, you may not have a lot of autonomy about what you you put in your bio, either on your firm website or on LinkedIn, but you should have a little bit more flexibility on LinkedIn to really try to portray yourself in the way you want the world to see you. And the other great thing about the LinkedIn bio is that you can update it frequently. So if you're writing, if you're speaking, if you're, you know, doing a new type of case or new type of business, you can update your bio at the drop of a hat and just do that. I recommend also going for the for the upgraded LinkedIn membership, and that allows you to utilize these really cool analytics that they have. Uh, not as cool as the stuff that, that you guys do over there, Tim, but very good analytics to see who's engaging with you, you know, who's looking at your content and, and, and get a sense of how well it's doing, uh, things like that. And it also allows you to, to look at other people if you set up your settings correctly without people knowing that you're checking them online. So it gives you a good chance to kind of scout out the thought leaders and, and others in, in your target area and see what they're doing. But my second step, once you have a good profile and you have yourself set up the way you want to, is see who to follow see who to connect with, and just kind of watch for a while. Watch and listen and learn. Uh, don't just jump in there and start doing tons of posting and, and stuff like that. Just kind of get a sense of what your network is interested in, the areas that people care about, and the types of content that generates the, the best result in terms of original content or curating other people's content. And then you can start to engage by maybe just liking some people's comments or, and posts, things of that nature, sending personalized invitations to people to connect with you, saying, you know, I really enjoyed your article in Law360, or you know, I saw you on the news and you did a great job, things along those lines. And also commenting thoughtfully on other people's content that they put out there. And so kind of ease your way into it and, and look for the feedback you're getting. Pretty soon, you'll probably start having people wanting to connect with you. But if you're at a big law firm or a big institution, I always recommend that people do a lot of connecting within their own law firm. That's easy to do. People should, should agree to connect with you. They should accept your invitation and build up a base of your network that way. Somebody used an analogy, which is great, about using social media and uh, generating content. They said it's like an office plant. You don't need to do it. If you do it, it makes your office look better, but you don't need to have an office plant. But if you do have one, 
you need to take care of it. It needs to be watered and it needs to be fresh all the time. And that really holds true with your use of social media. You have to be consistent about using it. You can't just go on like once every year or every six months. Uh, you could be missing a lot of opportunities that way, particularly if you're using it for a very specific purpose like like I was doing, you know, to build a network, to make a move, or if you're looking to, you know, move to a, a, a different law firm or, or move into a different practice area or just for business generation purposes, you know, you have to be on there with some frequency and don't be that dying office plant in the corner that actually does more harm than good. I've had folks have recommended using Twitter or using LinkedIn. And two months later, they would come back to me and say, oh, you know, I haven't seen any results. <laughs> and, and it is a commitment, like you said, with the plan to watering it consistently and seeing it grow over time. It's not about two months later, where's the ROI? You also use Twitter. And is there a difference in how you use Twitter compared to how you use LinkedIn? Yeah, definitely. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm, I'm much more selective about what I post. I don't want to be an overposter. You know, somebody who just clogs up everybody's feed with, you know, every article that they've read in the New York Times or the, or the journal, and they just throw it up on LinkedIn. But on Twitter, I'll put things up there more frequently, things that I wouldn't necessarily, like they wouldn't make my LinkedIn cut, for example, my own arbitrary uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn cut. Sure. But I'll put things like that up on Twitter because the, the feed works differently. And I noticed that a lot of people are much more relaxed and colloquial on Twitter. So that seems to be the way those things trend. But in terms of building relationships and things of that nature, I really focus on LinkedIn to do that. And for example, if I write an article and I'll get a thoughtful comment from somebody about it, it may just be a, you know, a nice article kind of comment, but sometimes it's always, it can be a little bit more in depth about the actual subject matter. And I've built relationships with those people, people I've, I've never met in person. And we've co-authored articles together. We've done webcasts together, all because I would respond to a comment that they put to an article that I wrote on LinkedIn or vice versa, something like that. And so it's been great at, at building those types of relationships and kind of, you know, co-branding with the real thought leaders in the space that gives you the opportunity to, to be associated with these people, which is great for this concept of, of social proof. You kind of get that halo effect if you're seen as being in some type of a partnership or even an informal one with kind of the industry leaders in your space. And I think, I'm sure Twitter affords that opportunity as well, but I use LinkedIn more for that myself. So you mentioned earlier about sharing some business development success stories that you had that can be attributed directly to using LinkedIn. And you sort of mentioned one just now, which is just building relationships with people that you've never even met and then co-branding productions with them and extending the relationship and getting people into your network that way. Uh, do you have any other business development success stories? My first one is one of my favorite ones. I had been using LinkedIn for a while. And by this point, I was using it to post my own content. And I was writing a lot about cyber insurance and, and people don't, especially a number of years ago, people didn't really know what it was or understand it that, that much. And so I was writing a lot of articles trying to break it down into terms people could understand. And I had set up a meeting with a potential client 
and you know uh, through a friend of mine who worked at the same company and so he he was able to bring his colleague to this lunch meeting with me and i walked in the restaurant and the the colleague who's the decision maker you know for uh, business opportunities stood up when i walked in and he shook my hand and he said judy it's so good to meet you i read your content all the time it's so helpful and so that saved a lot of time and energy. Otherwise, we'd be sitting there over lunch where you try to, you know, just kind of tell what you do and, you know, that kind of stuff. I didn't have to do any of that. He already knew who I was. He already knew what I knew. And we were doing business together within about three days after that. And then I've had some retentions as a consultant and as an expert witness that were just people who I'm connected with and or follow me on LinkedIn and reached out to me and said, you know, I found you on LinkedIn. So there's no doubt that that's, that's how it happened. It's been a tremendous, tremendous tool for me, both in terms of business development, but also branding. And frankly, you know, meeting some, some people who have turned out to be pretty good friends now. Any bit of advice as we wind down to lawyers or anyone really wanting to get on LinkedIn or maybe on LinkedIn already, but want to have a more meaningful and productive and results-oriented, like you just mentioned, experience on the platform. One word of caution, though, if you're, if you're at a law firm, you, you have to be careful about conflicts, you know, both legal conflicts and business conflicts and taking positions that may be counter to some client's position, you know, whether it's your client or your, or your partner's client. So just, you know, word of caution, if you're at a law firm, you can't just go posting anything you want some of the time. But yeah, I think this idea of keeping your content fresh, not getting stale, try to be a little bit thought provoking without being, being controversial. Try to look for that next area that you see coming down the pike because you're an expert. You know, lawyers are lawyers are great communicators, number one, and pretty expert in their areas. And and oftentimes, you know, lawyers can see things coming like a new regulation or a new trend in case law that their clients and others may not see coming. Getting out there in front of those types of issues, saying this is an issue and this is why you should care about it is a really, really good technique. And that that's true thought leadership there. There's lots of techniques that you can use around curating people's content. You don't have to create everything on your own. So if you see a good article that's out there, you can post it online. It's always better to put a comment of why you think it's an important article, why you think your your network would be interested in reading it. You can also give a shout out to the author and actually use their LinkedIn name there. And, that, and then that person will see that you're, you're crediting them for an interesting piece of work. And that helps to, to build that relationship as well. Just being engaged with other people's content is a great thing to do when you don't have the time or you just haven't put any of your own content up there. You can still be involved and see what people are doing. And also check out the LinkedIn groups. LinkedIn groups are online communities of people interested in certain issues. You know, I belong to some insurance coverage groups and the risk managers groups and a lot of cybersecurity kind of groups. And those give you a chance to post your content and interact with others with whom you may not be directly connected on LinkedIn. So you can exponentially extend your reach uh, that way through using group. How much time are we talking about? How much time should people, because that's one of the things I hear often, I just don't have the time to do this stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, I hear that too, and and I think that's more of an unfamiliarity, uh, or maybe a, and or a little bit of an intimidation factor. I just tell people spend ten minutes in the morning and ten minutes in the evening, and you may not do anything during those ten minutes other than just just scroll and read. But you may, you may like, you may comment, uh, things of that nature. But you know, unless you're doing like a real campaign on LinkedIn, just to stay current and engaged with your network, ten minutes in the morning, ten minutes in the evening is great. Ten minutes in the morning and ten minutes in the evening is a habit forming process. I'm huge about forming habits because if you just say, "Look, I'll get to it when I get to it," three weeks will go by, and then you, you're not engaging or you're not putting out any content. Thank you so much, Judy. This was super useful. Thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure, Tim. Thanks for the opportunity. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast, and we'd love it if you also left a review for us on Apple Podcast. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud and Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you go, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes, at goodtobesocial.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.